0: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful here with a name you know. You, know you, you formerly knew her as Persia, but now you're going to get to know her as Steph DeLander. Steph, how you doing?
1: Hi. <laughs> um, I'm good. I'm good. It's weird. It's like... Um, what I've been thinking about is, you know, obviously I've been released <laughs> recently, and a lot of people when they've been released before me, have been really positive And I've kind of been like, oh, surely that's just kind of a, <laughs> you know, surely that's not real. That's just them trying to make themselves feel better. Um, but the last week I've been feeling really good. <laughs> I don't know if this is just a phase, but I'm writing it out. So I feel good right now.
0: <laughs> so uh, as we're alluding to, unfortunately, you were released on, I believe it was April 29th uh, with yeah, With a round of NXT cuts, and that that's always a bummer to hear, uh, especially with the NXT 2.0 brand being what it was, and you figuring into that show so much. I mean, you were an integral part uh, of that show. What went through your mind, like, sort of as that happened?
1: Um, as it happened, it's obviously... Like, I don't wanna say it's a shock because I don't think you can say it's a shock with the way that uh, it's been since I've been here. Um, Obviously it's heartbreaking, like WWE is my dream job and to lose that is obviously a huge loss, but I've been thinking about it a lot. And yeah, since I've been at WWE, like the last year, these kind of cuts have been coming very often and also kind of out of nowhere. So I think it would be like silly to say I was so shocked and so blindsided because the way that it is at the moment is it's kind of like, well, you know, it's happening at some point, like, you know, that phone call is going to ring, like it's it's going to come. So I obviously, I really wish it wasn't right now. I, I feel like I had a lot more to do with WWE, but I, I wouldn't say it's such a shock because I don't think there are many people that could be completely 100% confident that they're safe right now.
0: <laughs> and of course, with when 10 people get released, there's going to be people of varying emotions. There's going to be people that are, are devastated by it. There's going to be people that wanted out. Then there's going to be people kind of in the middle. You have seem to have found a silver lining, so to speak, as you have a pretty positive demeanor following a situation like that, which could devastate some for sure.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where you know, I love inspirational quotes and it's very lame, but it's not about what happened to you. It's how you react to it, you know? And I could I could very easily let this thing that's happened uh, kind of like destroy me and tuck my tail between my legs and cower home and do all those things. Or I can try and find the positives in a situation, which I truly believe there are some positives in this situation and make the most of it and just kind of continue with, Everything that I did before WWE because, you know, like I started wrestling training when I was uh, when it was 2015. So, you know, I hustled on the indies. I grinded. I did all of these things to get myself from an unknown wrestler in Australia to WWE. So it's just kind of like remembering that mind frame and that mindset that I had beforehand and now taking what I've learned in the last year And applying that and just creating like the best version of myself and the best career that i can for myself
0: and there was a bit of a transition just in the time that that you were there from they went away from signing a lot of independent wrestlers to signing more athletes and models which the the ironic thing is like indy hartwell steph delander you're you're both like near six feet tall You're, you're like you're you could passes pro basketball players if you wanted to you all fit right in with that mold while still maintaining this incredible amount of experience that preceded your wwe run what did you think when you saw sort of the transition there because there was a lot of transition just in the time that you were there
1: there was a huge transition i think i arrived really right as it was kind of changing over obviously covid uh changed a lot of things within wwe But like I literally arrived as they were wrapping up the black and gold era, doing the last couple of TVs as NXT black and gold. I think uh, Triple H was there for like a few weeks and then obviously he had his health problems and he disappeared. So I came in literally like as I was arriving and settling in, all of these huge changes were happening. Like the first thing I ever did on TV was be a bridesmaid in Indy's wedding, which was the first ever – 2.0 2.0 episode. Yeah. So yeah, I was kind of like smack bang in the middle of all of these changes. Um, Yeah, it was, it's one of those things where it's, it was a lot and it's kind of like you see it and you process it as you're there and you can kind of, you know, if you know enough about wrestling and business and WWE and all of those things, like, you know, that things go in waves and you know that there's trends that, you know, they want at a certain time. And you can kind of see if you fit into that, or if you don't, um, you can also kind of see who is kind of being positioned for certain things and who isn't, um, but yeah, like, and I think the best way to kind of break it down is like all of the people that hired me don't work for WWE anymore. Like I was hired by Regal. I was hired by Canyon um, and also, Who else was it? It was Regal Canyon and someone else. Oh, Triple H, obviously. Obviously he's still involved, but he is not in the same role that he was before. Uh, So I think that kind of says it all. It's like all of the people that wanted me for this 2.0, sorry, for this black and gold brand. Well, the brand doesn't exist anymore. And also the people that wanted me don't even work there. So yeah, I think there's all of those things you kind of process while you're there and you kind of go, oh, like this isn't good, you know, but it is what it is.
0: And I think a lot of people didn't know that because they, they came to know you strictly on 2.0. Cause that's when you popped up, but you were signed before that. And in, in my watching NXT 2.0, it seems like you fit in very well there. I thought that you worked really well with, with Duke and Indy and, and Dexter and that stuff. When you start to get like I don't want to say notified, but like, are you told at any point, like when you're hired, like NXT's about to change, or was it one of those things where you show up there and you start to hear, oh, well, the changes are coming?
1: Um, I mean, with with wrestling in general, uh, and with WWE, like, it's the, there's not a whole lot. I mean, for me personally, anyways, and I think because it was such a transitional period there wasn't like a concrete sit down, hey guys, this is what we're doing. It was kind of in bits and bobs. It was kind of like, oh, we've got this new song by Wale and we've got the colorful um, logos and we're refitting the arena. And so these changes were kind of like happening each week slowly, uh, but it wasn't like an instant bam, we're changing everything over. Um, But I think that was kind of all down the line. Like I'm not even sure if, like the real top people, like the people that run NXT, I'm not even sure if they 100% knew what was going on with the changes. It was just kind of like flying by the seat of your pants, like it always is in wrestling, and just like taking what comes at you and working with it and making the most out of it. Um, yeah, so it was all it wasn't it wasn't like a bam one meeting and we've we've flipped. It was more of a gradual process. <laughs>
0: Braun Breaker is a two-time NXT champion now. He told me that he found out he was debuting 16 hours before he debuted. And he is like who they built the show around. So uh, it's very clear, like a lot of this stuff, some of it was planned out because you have to, to brand it and change a show on the USA Network. But there's a lot of aspects of this that, that necessarily aren't. The, the process of you getting signed, what was that like? Who did you talk to during that period? And how was that? Because... It's, it's gotta be like much different for somebody that's got to switch continents.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, my process was actually a lot longer than what I think a lot of people realize. Um, so basically to kind of summarize it in April of 2019, I did a, uh, mania week so i i think it was like my second or third mania week on the indies and i did a few shows um and there was an indie show that i did and i was on it indy hartwell was on it uh shazza was there and a few others were there that's I a bummer jess might have been, been on that too <laughs> hey,
0: hate, <laughs> yeah, to hear, so. hate to hear that Shaza was there hate to hear it
1: right i know well i
0: mean <laughs> it is what it is
1: yeah so there was uh there was quite a few of us on that. And it was just an indie show in New Jersey. Like we didn't hear anything of it. Didn't know anything of it. Uh, Indie had already been in communication with Canyon about getting signed. I hadn't had anything to do with WWE. I also had returned from injury a month before. So I pretty much did a year on the Indies, did 10 months out with an injury and then returned like a month before I did this America trip. So um my initial character was like a masked luchador gimmick. My name is Facebook. It's a whole thing. Uh <laughs> so I switched from that to Steph Delander in this time. So I'd only been Steph Delander for a few weeks. I had brand new gear I'd never wrestled in before. I wasn't even the Python powerhouse at this point. I was still figuring out myself. Anyway, so we're doing this show I had like a really terrible match. It was like a oh, no. seven woman gauntlet no entrance music, no nothing. Like it was a, it was an absolute free for all. um So I had this match, and then all of a sudden, everyone's kind of chatting that Canyon and Regal were there, and we didn't know that. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I've just gone and done this in front of them. Anyway, so it was intermission. Indy went up and spoke to Canyon, and I said to her, "I'm like, should I go and speak to Canyon?" And she was like, "100%, like go right now." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I didn't do well i don't think i look very good i don't know what i'm doing anyway she forced me to so i went up and i was like hey kenya my name's steph and i was expecting him to be like you need to learn how to work you need to look better you need to like figure out all of your shit because this is not good uh anyway i went up to him and he was like you looked amazing as soon as you came out i was like who is this i wrote your name down he was like get my email address and we'll go from there so i was like oh shit hey <laughs> like, oh my goodness okay um, so then I came back, I knew it was mania week. So I was like, I'm going to give it a week to like, let everything kind of settle before I email him. Uh, I sent that email off. I didn't hear back for like another three or four weeks. And I was like, Oh, you know, like yeah, whatever, you know, everyone, everyone makes a million promises in wrestling, but you know, just one of those things. Uh, and then it was a, I always mess up the date. I think it was the 11th of May or the first, the first of May, some date in May. Uh, it was it was a Wednesday and it was midnight in 20, 2019. And I was lying in bed and Indy messages me and she goes, hey, Canyon just called me and he offered me a contract. And I was like, oh my God, really? And she was like, yeah, hundred percent. And I was, like, <gasps> I was like, oh my God, he is on his phone right now. I was like, yes. I'm gonna double text him. I'm gonna send him another email, I don't care. So I pick up my phone. I'm like, hey, Canyon, don't know if you saw my last one. Here's a match, blah, blah. Put my phone down. A second later, ding. I was like, no, it can't be him. Surely not. Pick up my phone. I check my phone and it's Canyon. And he goes, hey, Steph, um, I spoke to Mr. Regal and he said that you would be a great hire as long as you have the right attitude. When will you be in the US or the UK? And I was like, floored. I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that like, All I had to do was send that message, you know what I mean? Like maybe I never would have come back again if I didn't chase up. Um, Anyway, so that led to me doing a tryout in the UK uh, in June of 2019. Uh, And I basically was told at that tryout that I was signed. That's incredible. Yeah. And I was told Hmm. that I was going to be starting in January of 2020. Oh. Uh, and then obviously yeah we get to it gets to january and they're like oh we're slowing down our incoming talent pipeline so we're gonna start you in march it's like okay all good and then it gets to march and then COVID hits <laughs> and then it's like oh we're gonna shoot for you know august and i'm like okay no worries and then it gets to august and like oh we're gonna shoot for november and then it's you know so the next kind of 18 months we're living in three month increments of waiting to hear back, then getting delayed, then waiting to hear back, then getting delayed. I couldn't really make any like uh, long-term life decisions in Australia because I knew I was eventually going to move. I just didn't know if it was three months or two years. And it ended up being almost two years. And I finally got over in March of 2021. So from June, 2019, I was told I was signed. To then, yeah, March 2021, I finally arrived.
0: <laughs> that is wild. I mean, I know that obviously COVID slowed down an awful lot, but uh, yeah. you, you're still in this very unique spot where you've got a lot of experience, but you're so young as well. So you've got like a full career ahead of you, if you so choose. If you had any inquiries already about booking you? Because, I mean, I know that that, uh, that, that can be like – like I told you, I don't like to seem like a vulture, so I never reach out to the people that, that are released, like, hey, let me interview you. Like, is is it like that with bookers or are they hitting you up and saying, Let's get this done?
1: Um, yeah, to your point that you just said before, it's I'm in this really unique position where when I was when I first started wrestling training when I was eighteen, I I laid out my goals. I'm always very goal oriented. So no matter what I'm doing, I'm always riding like short-term and long-term goals. And when I started wrestling training, I said, I wanna have any sort of contact with WWE by 25, whether Mm. it's, I've had an email chain with them, I've had a tryout, whatever it is, I just want some sort of contact. So to be hired and fired (laughs) by 25, uh, I definitely exceeded my own expectations. Like I signed my contract when I was 22. Um, So it's kind of one of those things where you can I can sit here and be upset and go, I can't believe I got released when I was 25 or I can go, Oh my God, thank God I'm 25. Like there is so much left to do outside of wrestling. I think I would definitely be feeling a bit less positive if I was 35, not to say that someone at 35 career is over, but yeah, I'm definitely still really young. So I'm really thankful that I have youth on my side and I do believe everything does work out for a reason. Um, As far as bookings, I have had a lot of, a lot of people reach out for matches and for signings. Um, So I'm just in the process of kind of like filling my calendar. And also, um, you know, when I was, when I was 18 and when I was 20, I wanted to wrestle everywhere and do everything and have every single match. And no matter what it was, I wanted to do it. Uh, but now, obviously, I've been wrestling for quite a few years. I also did spend time in WWE. So it is a bit more important to me now that like I'm working for places that I want to work for, and I'm also having matches that I want to have. Um, of course, I want to stay busy and I want to do all of these things. But at the same time, I'm also not going to take every single thing that comes my way just for the sake of looking like I've got the busiest calendar on earth. So I am being a little bit more selective of what I'm doing. But at the same time, I'm still staying open-minded and taking on a lot of things, which is cool. I'm just finding that balance.
0: <laughs> so you dropped an interesting note in there. You had physically signed your contract at 22. Yeah. So you had signed the deal well before that. So you were, were you like technically signed all the way through that, but still working indies and such?
1: Yeah. So I was, I signed my contract in 2019, um, wow. but I was still doing indies and doing all those things. So I was, yeah, I was in this really weird limbo of like still wrestling back home to stay safe and to stay relevant, but at the same time like I was I was being really careful. Like I I wasn't doing any like god forbid I got injured, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like I was only wrestling people that I really trusted and I felt comfortable with, but it was that it it was a really tough time cuz I had signed But I was like, I I couldn't just put my, put everything on hold and wrap myself in bubble wrap for two years or three years or five years or God forbid they just burn my contract. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't do nothing. So I was still going to wrestling training and I was still having matches and it was just, yeah, there was always this little fear of like, oh my God, imagine if I get hurt. You know, like that was a scary, a scary thought of like, I had so much that I had to be healthy for and to look forward to. But at the flip side, as I said, I couldn't just lock myself in my bedroom for two years. So, yeah, but I I did sign in 2019.
0: So how does that work? Do you have to – first off, I've got – I'm made of questions right now because this is, like, one of the most interesting contract situations ever. And it wasn't on you. It wasn't on WWE. The pandemic happened, and it was unprecedented. But, like, are you getting paid by WWE? Does your contract time start then? And then, like – expire accordingly can they freeze you and do they have any say over like the bookings that you take during that period
1: um so i wasn't getting paid during that time that would have been lovely Sure. Sure. <laughs> i mean look i understand it they could have been paying me for three years to sit on my ass in australia so i wasn't expecting to get paid during that time uh they didn't have any say over what i was or wasn't doing um it was just kind of like be safe Stay in good shape, you know. Be ready as soon as we need you. Uh, my contract time started as soon as I arrived in WWE. Okay. So like it was a three-year contract that I signed in 2019 for my my wage and all of those things, but that didn't actually get like executed until I arrived. Then I started getting the money. Then I started, you know, then my contract, I guess, officially begun. But all of the paperwork and everything was signed prior to me moving over.
0: So it's wild to think like your deal would have been coming up like right about now anyway like a- around this time had the pandemic not happened and as you mentioned like there was no predicting that like they they couldn't at that point realistically say oh yeah we're, we're just gonna we're gonna burn three years of this deal with a pandemic we didn't know how long anything was gonna last uh that's mm. that's just that's such an interesting aspect because we would hear about people who were at the tryouts when they were physically at WWE tryouts and they said, no, you're all going home. The pandemic has started. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I had some friends that were at that tryout that have since been signed. Um, And yeah, they literally arrived. They did like maybe the medicals or like one day of something and then they send them all home, which is crazy. But yeah, as far as like, with the timing of everything and like, of course, you know, I would have, at the time, all I wanted to do was get to WWE as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, I feel like there was a reason why I was delayed, you know, obviously the, the pandemic, but as far as like spiritually with my life, I feel like everything does, does work out for a reason. And I remember being back home and like, I would, you know, I would have moments of frustration and being upset and also this uncertainty with COVID of like, what if it just literally never ends? Like, what if the borders never open and I can't ever go? Like, what if, yeah. And honestly, like the reality of it is there are a few Australian wrestlers that signed contracts with Ring of Honor and never were able to come over and do Ring of Honor. So it's like that, you know, that actually was a possibility. And I remember feeling those feelings that I would speak to a few people that were in WWE and I'd speak to Indy and Duke and those people and they would kind of be like, yeah, but, you know, we're locked in our houses for like months. You're at home in Australia which is handling the pandemic so much better than America did. Like in America people were dying, you know, you were yeah. here like it was just a nightmare whereas in Australia like they handled things so much better did. and they're like, you know, like it's it sucks but right now you get to spend time with your family. You get to spend time with your partner you get to spend time with your friends you're living in beautiful australia you just get to be there for an extra year or whatever so yeah it was it was awful but at the same time like if i left when i did i wouldn't have met my current partner we wouldn't have been able to start dating and that kind of thing so it's like yeah i think every the the timing as much as it feels like the timing was awful i think the timing also kind of worked out in the in the end
0: and and you mentioned Duke. I mean, his his career took like such a unique twist. There, he was on Raw for a while as a result of the pandemic in the Performance Center, and uh, got got some eyes on him there as well. Like you never know. Like there are so many trajectories that were adjusted by that. And another thing you had mentioned earlier about how you, you took a chance and you you messaged Canyon because you knew he was on his phone. There are so many stories of circumstance like that. Like Chelsea Green told me, she guessed. Paul Heyman's email and messaged him once. And then she was on like getting called up pretty soon. Like you never know what will, will lead to that. And uh, yours eventually led to you appearing in the wedding or the (laughs) wedding party for Indy Hartwell. Do, Do you think it was like, how great of a person is she after what you did to her at Melbourne city wrestling to have you a part of that wedding party? I mean, to forgive and forget like that, what a gem.
1: I know. it's funny you mentioned that because that was initially kind of where our story was gonna go. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were gonna I was gonna turn on Indy, um okay. and we were gonna kind of run through the same story that we had done at MCW, like even to the point where like i I would shown them like what we did in Melbourne, and I had told them, all of the history of our friendship, like I had meetings about like, I had told them everything and was like, this story writes itself. We literally did it in Australia. And then what the ultimate screw over for us to meant to be going within three months of each other, she gets it and then I get screwed for two years. That's a great story. Yeah, I was like, "This this writes itself as far as I'm concerned. And like for wrestling, like, you know, reality is the easiest thing for the fans to connect to. And I was like, I don't think anything gets more real than this. Uh, so before the kind of 2.0 changeover and even early days, that was kind of the way that we were going to go with the story. Uh, but then obviously everything changes in wrestling and they decided to keep Indy and I together as a team for a bit longer. Then we started doing all the uh, Duke and Dexter stuff. It was still eventually, I think, going to lead to a feud between myself and Indy and, um, and it sucks that we weren't able to to do that. But I also understand that it's like, we're creating a television product. And where I was right now, like at, when I first started, I didn't have enough of a following or I hadn't done enough in WWE for people to care about me enough to make that story as juicy as it could have been. Whereas I think if we let all this uh, Index and Douja stuff play out, and then we did the big Persia versus Indie. Then I think it would have been like a much hotter story. And that's what they said to me. And I agree with them. Um, and yeah, like the, you know, not for nothing, like the stuff that we did with Index and Douja. I mean, I have so many, so many people have so many opinions on it. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I was on Tansy, and I don't think just a five-minute wrestling match would have got me there. So I have no regrets about anything.
0: <laughs> so I was going to ask you about that. I mean, NXT 2.0 is just categorically different. And even uh, Tony Khan of AEW, he was like, do i like 2.0 more than i like the original nxt no but for what WWE is doing why wouldn't they do 2.0 that's what they're creating this is a more streamlined way to create their stars so it makes a lot of sense so it was more in line like for example caring q becoming wendy Chew. that's that is ready made a WWE star right there like the way that they had presented so many of you guys You could see any of you popping up on the main roster and fitting right in without the the changes that a lot of people have had to go through. uh, What was your favorite thing that you did on NXT 2.0?
1: You know, my favorite thing that I did, I think, which is pretty ridiculous, but I think my favorite thing was when I had a...
0: it's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with help. BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful.
2: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
1: A triple threat match that was meant to be me, JC Jane, and Io Shirai. Mm -hmm. And then JC Jane just dies. (laughs) And then I went on the fly with Io for like six minutes. And that was like, I think that was my second match on TV. Um... And, yeah, to be in that situation and to be able to, like, keep it cool and work through it with EO, like, that was such an amazing feeling. And I'm, like, really grateful that I was able to do that. Obviously, like, the ladder match for the titles was amazing. And, you know what I mean? Like, I've I've had, I had a lot of cool moments, honestly, for a year. Um, but, like, the thing that sticks out of, like, oh, I'm so glad in hindsight that that happened, I'm really glad for that because I feel like that – kind of, that was a huge, like really in the deep end. Like I didn't know how TV wrestling worked at that point. I didn't know how anything worked. Like in that moment, I just knew like, I know how, like I literally, I stood up and I looked around and I looked at the turnbuckles and I saw the WWE on the turnbuckle. And I said, like, I've been in a wrestling ring for five years. It's the same thing. doesn't matter if it's a live TV show. doesn't matter if Shawn Michaels is on the other end of the headset. I know how to wrestle. Right now, when all of the plans are completely out of the window, I just have to wrestle, you know? So I think that was a really cool moment personally for me.
0: Switching to the 20 by 20 ring, were there any adjustments to that? Because I could, the first time I was ever in a 20 by 20 ring, after working in like 16, 18s, it, like that extra step to the ropes or that extra stride or anything like that. I mean, ultimately you get used to the ropes, all that stuff being a little bit differently. Were there any adjustments you had to make?
1: yeah it's crazy it is insane like my first ever training session uh at wwe i think i'm pretty sure it was dewdrop's first one in america too because we kind of arrived at the same time yeah uh we were in coach bloom's class um and i think he was just having one of his coach bloom days where he was like we're blowing up today like everyone is blowing up and like Dewdrop and I aren't tiny girls, you know, like we're carrying extra weight. And so, and like my cardio is decent, but the stuff that he had us doing and we, it was so much running mm-hmm. and you don't realize that a couple extra steps times 10 times, 20 times, whatever, it really, you know, that really adds to it. So yeah, that first training session was like, just incredible. I was, I was running it with uh, Gigi Dolan and she was like whispering to me. She was like, "Just don't stop. It doesn't matter. Just don't stop. He doesn't care as long as you just keep going." And I was like, <laughs> "I can't do it." Um, so yeah, that first day was like a real eye opener of like, "Oh my goodness! Like this is like a different level." Um, but yeah, the the ring changes a lot. There's a lot. There's so much more that goes into it than I think a lot of people realize. Uh, especially when you've spent all of your training in a I don't even know if my ring back home is a 16 or an 18 I think it might be an 18 but anyways you you learn all of these movements for a different size square you know you know exactly how many steps I need to do to hit the ropes how many steps I need to do to go under and up and over you know what I mean like all of those things so when it changes it definitely is an adjustment period for sure.
0: Do you remember the worst ring you've ever worked in?
1: Oh, there's been
0: a few. There, there can be some shady ones, like when you get in there and ones that have like the warped plywood underneath and people oh twisting yeah, their knees.
1: I, there's nothing in particular that really sticks out. And that's not because I don't want to bury anyone. I literally sure. just, I would, if your ring's that bad, I would say it. <laughs> but there, there's nothing that, in Australia, there's a few really bad ones. Um, Luckily, I don't do anything super high flying. Like my partner, he does heaps of lucha drags and springboard stuff. And anyone that springboards or anything like that, I'm like, I feel so bad for them because a lot of the ropes are really dodgy. <laughs> um, so thankfully, if if I get in a ring and the ropes are really dodgy, I'm just like, ugh, I'm just gonna avoid hitting the ropes. Um, if the, yeah, if the canvas is like lumpy or if it's like a really hard bump or something, then again it's just kind of like well maybe we'll limit the bumps or maybe we'll do this or that but that was that was a big thing like (laughs) getting to wwe and not that the rings are like super super soft or anything because like a wrestling ring is still a wrestling ring like they're like that tv ring is pretty brutal because the the bump sounds amazing right like it's such a nice snap and i i think that might be part of why it is quite a hard bump but yeah just everything being (laughs) very nice very perfect very together very you know, they've got, they've got, it's the biggest wrestling company in the world. Like they've got the best rings, they've got the best people to maintenance them and to make sure they're amazing. So that was like a huge luxury coming from the Indies. And that's one of those things where it's like, these athletes don't even know, like they don't even know what else is out there that we've had to deal with on the Indies.
0: Sometimes you'll get like those rock hard, like boxing-esque rings, six-sided rings with no give, like you never know. Did you spend any time in the high flyer ring?
1: I did. I loved it. I love the wow. high flyer ring. I, am. Um, I'm actually like a lot more athletic than people think I am because of my size. Um, I have a lovely moonsault that I've okay. never done. It, I've never done it in a match. I did it on a PC live in-house show against Indy Harwell once.
2: Nice. <laughs> I was like,
1: I was like, I'm going to do this just to ball out. Um, I've never done it in a match, but yeah, I've, I'm, I can do a bit more than people think I can. So yeah, I used to, I used to love that ring. Cause it's like literally just like a huge, you know, foam pit. So you just go in and you do a bunch of dumb stuff and you try your flips and you, yeah, it's fun. I love that ring.
0: <laughs> uh, PC live stuff fascinates me. Like I love hearing stuff that emanate from that because sometimes there will be some future gimmicks or stables or anything pop up. Then there'll just be some stuff that they they kind of throw at the wall and see, will this work? Will this person work? But I did solicit some questions and these are just from completely random people, nobody that you would know. And this person says, what's your favorite country song to dance to at Cowboys?
1: Oh, I hate country. I hate country. I'm from Kentucky
0: and I hate country.
1: So Indy Hartwell loves country. That really? I she, she is obsessed. Grayson Waller loves country. Like they both are obsessed. I don't get it. Like we went to Nashville at the end of last year, and Indy, <laughs> when she watches this, she'll know exactly what I'm talking about. She just turned into a different person. Like it was the it was the happiest I've ever seen her. I don't think she had ever been that happy happy before i don't think she's been that happy since she just like ultimately thrived in nashville and obviously grayson had a great time so i don't even any country song i'm like ugh. i get in her car and we're driving somewhere and she puts country on or like we would be in the gym at wwe and she would try and get them to put country on and i'm like no i hate it no country for me
0: (laughs) same person submitted two more questions they say do you really see yourself as a powerhouse and whose finisher is better yours or brock lesnar's
1: Yes, I do see myself as a powerhouse. Otherwise, I uh, wouldn't call myself that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm almost six foot tall, if you didn't know, so.
0: <laughs> this comes from a um, do-drop. Do-drop,
1: as in actual do-drop? I, I or... don't know. It's
0: such a common name, you know? It could be anybody.
1: Is it? Oh, so it really is? It, is it the of legitimate do-drop? Do drop.
0: Of course it's the actual do-drop.
1: Oh, well, that's even funnier, because <laughs> we always. No, no, I was like, I was like, this is some random, like, instagram no. person trying to roast
0: me oh no it's, it's
1: so the, okay so
0: here's the thing the, she said she'll absolutely know it was me when you asked that and yes. you didn't
1: <laughs> no because okay this is why so i thought this was like a random person trying to roast me but i had a lot of situations in wwe where and look this is the way it is for everyone you get told different stuff every week. So you're trying to find yourself and you're trying to find all of these things. Uh, But there was definitely a point of contention with a particular coach who would hit me with the, "Mm, I don't really know if you're a powerhouse. I don't really know if you're that strong. I don't really know if you, and I'm like, Oh my goodness! Like if I'm not that, then what am I? Like I'm literally all like you're not even that tall. I'm like I'm almost six foot tall, and I'm a girl. Like I'm pretty big.
0: They saw that like, moonsault on PC Live, and that changed everything for him.
1: Like Rhea Ripley's five foot seven, I think. Like I'm five eleven. Like I'm I'm pretty big.
0: To to be fair to Rhea, I asked her about that. I was like, "Hey, you're the tallest five foot seven woman ever," and she was like, "I think I'm five eight and a half now since since I've came over." so like she
2: grew yes, she it's the
0: grew. Florida <laughs> she grew and she was like i stand up really tall she's like most people are hunched over i got the lifts so she said that oh, she presents herself really tall
1: and that's it i did the same thing i would always be wearing heels i would always try and put myself in the frame where you look the biggest but perception is reality like you got to do it um yeah. but yeah as far as whose finisher is better brock lesnar brock can have it mine's oh. mine's not an f5 anymore it's a tko
0: <laughs> well, Dewdrop, when I first interviewed her, specifically named you as a person who helped her transition to the States and kept her sane, so to speak. Uh, this was before you had even debuted on NXT TV. I think I asked her this in August, and she had mentioned your name. What was that like having somebody who was going through a lot of the same things that you were, although you know she was on Raw, so it was a little bit different?
1: Um, it was like such a blessing and such a, just, she's just incredible. And the, the funny thing is the night before I got fired, I was hanging out with Kaylee and I was hanging out with Drop, and it was just, they're just such like positive, positive people and such real people in a world of a lot of bullshit. Um, so I honestly think like, spending that time with them the night before and then getting fired. Like I did have this feeling of like, no, nah, everything's going to be okay. And like, we had spoken about it the night before because, you know, it's a, you have to think, if you don't think about it, you're an idiot. You know what I mean? Because it's going to happen at some point. So, uh, but yeah, having having Drop and Kaylee here is such a breath of fresh air. When I first moved here, Drop was here within like, I think a month. Uh, and I had initially met her at my uk tryout and i just remember getting like such good energy from her and i mean look i'm a mark i'm a indie wrestler at heart i've been loving this shit for years so like i knew about dewdrop when she was viper years ago wrestling in japan and i would just be like who is this girl she's amazing like i watched her in the Mae young classic like i followed her career i don't even know if i've even told her this shit, but i followed her career for years before i even met her initially And then when I did meet her, I was just, yeah, I I just couldn't believe like how real and positive she is. So yeah, having her here and like going through it all together, going through moving to America as a foreigner, which there is so much more involved in that than people realize and being able to do that kind of hand in hand with her was so amazing. I'm so thankful for her.
0: Every time I see her, just her disposition is like, will make your mood better because uh, the few times I've seen her have been WWE media, obviously, but she's so wonderful to talk to. Yeah, uh, just just think the world of her. Uh, so you're you're at a unique point in your career. What do you see in your future? Uh, what what is next for Stephanie Lander?
1: Um, I mean, I don't want to have tickets on myself, but I feel like there's a lot of really cool stuff that's going to come my way, and that I've already lined up. Um, I hate to be vague. I hate when people are like talking in riddles about yes. all this cool that they're doing. And it's like, just say it. <laughs> um Obviously I can't just say anything, but yeah, I am genuinely very excited for the future. And I think having that excitement really helps cope with what just happened because my life isn't over. My career isn't over. It's just started. In fact, like there are so many good things to come my way. Like I'm definitely going to be staying in wrestling, um, where i end up i don't know that i mean there's there are more opportunities now in wrestling obviously we know than there ever has been before so i think it's i i think i'm in a good position honestly to have a further successful career within wrestling
0: i do too i think uh you can look at this as a positive i mean tv experience at the highest level you you got to you made an awful lot of great connections there as well. Some of which are still there. Some of which have moved on to other places too because of the unique time that you came in. So I think you're in a in a pretty good spot. I would say.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. I think so too. And that's the thing. Like, I was even saying it to my mom earlier today. Like, before WWE. I did a bit of stuff on the American Indies. So I know a lot of promoters. I know a lot of people. I have a lot of friends. And then with WWE, I've made a whole bunch more connections. And to your point, a lot of them have left. So, like, yeah. a lot of these coaches that I had these connections with are now producers or coaches elsewhere. And these wrestlers that are, you know, quite high up that I've, you know, made connections with again, they're also elsewhere. So it's kind of like a blessing and a curse, but. In my head right now, I honestly think, you know, it's it's looking pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were working Thunder Rosa years ago before, like before. That was she... Indy,
1: not me. I've n- I've never worked Thunder Rosa. Really? Yeah, that was Indy.
0: Interesting. It's okay.
1: Everyone, everyone gets us confused. Uh, of course, <laughs> yeah, she of course. <laughs> she worked Thunder Rosa. It was like I think like WrestleCon. It was like You're a right. Her first. Ever. Her first ever WrestleMania weekend.
0: You're right. My gosh. I did get you all mixed up. Now,
1: Honestly, on that point, at at WWE, I would say at least three times a week, someone would call me Indy and her Persia or like like (laughs) Steph and Sam or whatever. Like people would come up to me constantly like, hey, Sam, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like. We don't even, like, okay, we're Australian and we're tall and we have black hair, but like, it, you wouldn't, you would not believe how many people constantly get us confused.
0: I I thought that, what, no, I don't even think it was WrestleMania weekend. I thought it was like a Rise show that, or maybe you all weren't in the ring at the same time or something. Thunder or maybe, Rosa? Maybe I'm misremembering. I, I'm I'm probably mis- misremembering. Well, i
1: I've, i mean i don't think i've ever hey look if i wrestled her on rise I think, five years ago i
0: think you would know better than me honestly i feel no, like you I, would know I better am, than me
1: <laughs> yeah i am pretty confident i've never touched thunder rosa
0: well by god I'm like i'm it. gonna make an introduction because i like thunder rosa <laughs> i know thunder rosa uh, th- speaking of, there are women's promotions popping up everywhere in the states. You got Thunder Rosa with Mission Pro. You've got uh, the Women's Wrestling Army. You've got Wow uh, that it's taping TV this week. There's a lot of that that has like really blown up just since the pandemic as well. Uh, I mean that that's got to be something that that you look to and you're, you're pretty optimistic about as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, women's wrestling is bigger now than it's ever been and as I said like I've been you know in the business for like six years now or so so to see the waves of what it's gone through and everything goes in waves whether it's WWE whether it's on the Indies wherever it is uh, but the the women's wrestling on the independents and other companies outside of WWE is looking very very bright and within WWE of course too but for for where I'm at right now I'm feeling very uh, optimistic as a female in wrestling.
0: You had mentioned when we talked about Dewdrop that, that you all were kind of, di- I don't know if you, you meant you were discussing the possibility of releases that night. I can tell you that, 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 that it was maybe two days before Easter. I had tons of wrestlers that were contacting me and they're like, are there releases? Are there releases? And there were rumors. Was that something that was being discussed like among yourself and others?
1: I mean, Well, it's one of those things where you always know releases are going to come after WrestleMania. So I think that's a huge, you know, everyone kind of gets their brain thinking. Uh, And then also the quarterly call coming up or whatever it is, that also, you know, makes you think about it. And because they hadn't done any this year, you know, we hadn't been told anything, but you, you know, you see it enough and you go, hmm, it's been, you know, it's been longer than about three months. You know, you start to kind of, get those thoughts going and then enough people think the same thing. And then whether it's true or not, you know what wrestling's like, everyone, everyone talks to each other. So there was a feeling of releases are coming soon. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, as I said, it's one of those things where I think and it's not a healthy thing to sit there and to stress about it constantly. And that's something that I, I wish I, could have let go of that feeling a lot more. But personally, I just couldn't. I mean, it did worry me a lot. Um, So, I mean, it's my dream job. Of course, I was terrified of getting fired, especially seeing the way that uh, things panned out with all the releases, you know, within a month of me arriving, there was all of the huge ones last year with like the Iconics and all of those people. So pretty much the second I landed, it was like, oh my God, what's going on? And it kind of didn't stop. Uh, so I think there was a, yeah, there's a general, I can't speak on behalf of everyone, but for me, it's something that I worried about quite a lot and, you know, but it's, it's worry, but it's also kind of realism of like, personally, if I was going to sit and put my head in the sand and just go, that doesn't help me. That's not going to change it. It's not going to make it not happen. I need to at least think about it and go, right. Well, if this does happen, What's my next move? What am I doing? How am I going to, you know, get all of my ducks in a row so that I can continue and have a career beyond this? So everyone handles it differently. But for me, it was, it was a thought on my brain often.
0: And we, uh, obviously you've got a very positive reaction to all this, all things considered. How was the call? Did they seem open to like, maybe the doors open in the future? Cause you, again, you're, you're 25 years old. It's not like you're wrapping up or anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, the call, the, the call itself, as much as I wasn't totally uh, blindsided by it at the same time, you look down and you see Stanford and you go, well, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was it was a really short phone call. But I think that's just because I was like, I want to end this before I start crying on this phone call. Um, and obviously, That's a call that they've made a million times. That's a call that they were making multiple of that day. So like for that particular call, I didn't really see the value in trying to have this long drawn out negotiation style thing where I was like, that doesn't, you know, seem fitting. But I have spoken um, to a few people since. And yeah, there's everything's, everything's always kind of followed up with like the, but it's wrestling. Yeah. the door is always open. Like never say never. And to your point, like because of my my youth and all of those kind of things, again, I don't want to sit here and be like I'm gonna like I they're gonna want to sign me in a year. Like you know what I mean. I'm not gonna say any of those things. But we've seen plenty of people leave WWE and come back. Uh, and yeah, from from what I was told, the door is always open. Yeah.
0: I mean, you look at the trajectory of so many of their, their recent WWE champions, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles. These people were under WWE contract. They left or were released. They came back and they achieved the, like great heights. Brock Lesnar left WWE. There's there's a ton of people that, that did that. So uh, obviously there there's a template there of people going out and killing it elsewhere or just getting famous elsewhere outside of wrestling and uh, coming back. What do you want people to know about Steph DeLander after all this? We we said before this, I, was, I even said, let's not do the clickbaity headline. What do you want the headline to be? That's what I want to know.
1: Oh, goodness. I mean, I don't know what I want the headline to be, but I think I want people to know. Like, I've had – it's weird. I've had a lot of people send me messages, and it's so – like, I totally understand it. And it's one of those things. And because when I've had friends release, what do you say? Like, what a weird, uncomfortable thing. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've had a few messages where it's like, it seems like it's mourning. And it's like, I've died. And that's it for me. And it's done. And it's, you know what I mean? Like a lot of like, you should be proud of what you did. And it's like, no, like I've got so much more, you know, and I think that's that's kind of what I want the perception to be of like, it's not that I had this dream ripped away from me. It's a change of course, which truly, I believe is going to lead to actually a lot more and a lot of really big things. So I think that's what I want it to be. Like, I don't want it to be a, a sad, like I said it to my mom, I said, put the tiny violin away. Like this doesn't help. <laughs> and this, I don't need that. Like I can, I can be sad myself if I want to, but I don't want the sadness and the, I'm so sorry. And I appreciate it. I love it. You know, like I, I can't believe how many people have reached out to me, but I'm not looking at it as a sad thing. And I know that sounds like bullshit, but I'm actually not. Um, I want it to be this, you know, I want people to see the way that I'm seeing, which is like, yeah, it's a, it's a change of course that I wasn't expecting right now. But I think I'm going to look back in a year or two years and go, thank God that happened when it did, you know?
0: So let the people know where they can support you. I know your, your handles are going to be changing as soon as they can. So we have uh, what, what will be the handle right over there. But let us people know where they can support you, where they can follow you, where they can buy merch or anything.
1: Yeah. So obviously, um, as we spoke about before, my handles on Twitter and Instagram are going to be changing to at Steph Delanda. Um, I am opening this week within the next day or two and OnlyFans, <laughs> which is Congrats. very exciting. Thank you. So I will have an OnlyFans. I'm also setting up a pro wrestling tees in the next couple of days and a big cartel for 8 by 10s and other merch. So I will have a lot of those links ready in the next couple of days. I'm just obviously in the administration uh, portion of it, just getting it all set up. Um, but, yeah, that'll be where people can support me and all of my merchandise as, long as, as well as, like, my Amazon wish list. But I'll have a link tree with everything. And then it'll just be catching me at bookings and at signings. Cause I've got a whole bunch of stuff coming up
0: guys, support her, check her out. Uh, again, the, those socials will change as soon as they're able to, but Steph, you've been so generous with your time today. I, I want to thank you so much. I know it's been a huge week for you, positive, negative, indifferent, whatever the emotions may be at any given time. But I want to thank you for, for taking the time to speak with us because uh, I, I know that you get a lot of these inquiries
1: yeah no thank you so much and as yeah as soon as i was uh let go it was you know what's the next move and i'd spoken to chelsea and diana and a few other people and you know i already knew i wanted to interview with you but they were like make sure you do show us oh, up and i was like shucks. i will i will don't worry so yeah you've got people bashing for you too
0: those <laughs> two my queen stooges we, we call them <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> they give me all the info allegedly so no, uh a big thanks to them as well step Delander. Thank you so much. Thank you. Until next time, guys, we're out. Talking to Steph DeLander was great. She went through a huge move that sent her from Australia to the United States. But no matter where you are, NordVPN.com slash Fightful has you covered with their threat protection, block online trackers, block annoying pop-up ads, block malware. Not only that. If you're moving from the U.S. to Australia, vice versa, maybe you're just traveling, NordVPN.com slash Fightful, the fastest VPN in the world, helps you avoid geo-blocks and geo-restrictions and allows you to watch all your favorite shows, your favorite television services. You can subscribe to overseas services at a much more discounted rate. You can get a wider array of shows that are available to you thanks to NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Not only that, how about this? get up to 70% off your your deal, an additional month free, and a 30-day money-back guarantee in case you don't like it. And it works on all your devices, phone, laptop, PC, any computer, your tablet, your router, all over the place. NordVPN.com slash Fightful.
2: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently.